wink at me, sweet. Everybody and welcome to episode 19 of the Insiders on Real Estate and Marketing. I'm your host Sandy Hibbard. My co-host, Mr. Mark Miller, secured title of Texas. How you doing? TGIF. Oh, doing great. hallelujah! Yeah, no. I'm ready for this weekend. Oh, it's been a crazy week. Worn out. Well, you know, I'm really excited about the show that we have lined up for today. Uh, and let me just say a little piece about it. The greatest risk in any business that faces that every business faces today is cybercrime cyber risk in the form of ransomware. It will literally shut down your operation in a matter of minutes. So we're going to talk to our local cybersecurity expert, our guest today, Mr. Sean Tuma. He is one of Dallas Magazine's best lawyers. Uh, he's a super lawyer. He's current co-chair of cybersecurity and data privacy. And he's a practicing attorney in the area of cybercrime for 20 years. Some of the things that we're going to be covering today is what is ransomware? And that's a good question that I'd like to have answered. What types and sizes of companies are they hitting? Can this happen to individuals? And what can you do when it happens to you? Now, there's no way that we're going to be able to cover all of this during our short time on the show. So I've prepared a document for everybody if you're interested, where you can learn more, you can download some of Sean's great articles that are super informative, have checklists and directions <coughs> on what you can do. And that PDF document is at our website, theinsiderspodcast.com. So jump over there after the show, download that file, and if you have any questions about anything we've talked about today, contact our guest, Sean Tuma. So, let's jump right in. Mark, how are you? Doing great, doing good. Been uh, a busy week, you're crazy? Been a busy week, yeah, we just have a lot of great initiatives going on. Business is still blowing in August, although I think there's a little bit of a, not softening, it's but slowing. an adjustment. All the reports I'm seeing is that it's well, you've slowing got, down. You've got that combination in August where they've gone on vacation and now they're oh, coming true. back through and now they're going into school mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. side. And of course, now they're all dealing with the school and the and the uh, uh, COVID issue to that yeah. side. But but um, I'm still pleased with the order count um, that I'm seeing and we're having a good closing month. So okay. it's not, it's, it, there's no pattern anymore of what we used to see in cycles. Are you seeing prices slack up or are they staying the same crazy I, I think the escalating? frenzy is falling off a little bit uh, because I keep hearing that more inventory is coming into the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So that takes away a little bit of the frenzy when people are out there mm -hmm. trying to find a property. But it's still low inventory. I think it's like 1.4 months right, right. there. So we're, we're still in that crunch time. And uh, probably the only other thing that I thought was going to happen that didn't is they pushed the uh, um, can down the road a little bit on the um, tenant side being able to, uh, the forbearance of, of rent payment. And I thought that was going to end and that was going to create but some they, interest. They, let the, they, they, they kicked that down it. a little bit further down yeah, the road. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. And that might have stimulated some uh, <laughs> potential uh, transaction. And unfortunately, a lot of investors have lost property. Because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the single-family investors are just individuals. They all say mom and pop. Uh, mm -hmm. And they did, they're not getting a, a rent payment, and they've got a mortgage mm -hmm. to make. Mm -hmm. So uh, now You tend to think that just, uh, right. that's just applies to large yeah. corporations, but it doesn't. Yeah. And I think the forbearance side is going to, uh, I think they're going to provide a number of alternatives with the objective to not be foreclosed mm -hmm. on. So uh, I think we'll see modifications, things of that nature. But the overall gist, rates are still good. Transaction volume is, is good. Mm -hmm. so we're I, still in the business, real estate we're, business. We're still in the business. <laughs> and people just keep on moving in here. It's so crazy. It's uh, crazy. we're in a great place to be. Good. So anyhow, well, but with all that activity, 
obviously. There's crazy stuff happening. Well, there's crazy stuff happening. And yeah. I've been, strangely, I've felt a little nervous about this subject. It's a creepy subject, you know, yeah. cybercrime, and you think well, it all happens overseas and it all happens well, it to somebody else but us. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's just jump right yeah, into that. Yeah. What well, are you seeing? What's going on with that? You know, for, I can only imagine for what the consumer does not know, because we in the business side who experience cybercrime are uh, every day or seeing new examples, seeing new hits. We, we were talking about uh, an organization called Cloudstar out of California, and they host 42,000 users in the title insurance industry, and they got hit with ransomware. And so on July 17th, uh, that, all those subscribers no longer could close real estate transactions. They were locked out, and that means all the data was locked in and they still haven't resolved that. So that's a big one. That was a West Coast related company. And wow. then I'm just hearing about continuation of uh, perpetration into wires and the money going out there. And it just goes that I'm gonna be interested for the visit with Sean a little bit on the cybercrime policy itself. Where's the benefits and where's the deficiency? How to measure that for businesses? Because I would think Sean, that would be for every kind of business, not just for me thinking in terms of the title insurance business, but shouldn't every business have a cybercrime policy in place in today's environment? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's something I counsel any and everybody that's in business. You need cyber risk insurance and you need it through a good reputable broker that understands your business and cyber risk because there are over 100 different, probably 150 now different insurance carriers writing these policies and they vary widely. And a lot of them won't cover that business email type wire fraud. Right. A lot of them do. You've got to know to get the right policy. Yeah, I know of a title company that got hit on a commercial deal and it was a $600,000 hit and they only managed to recover, reco well they recovered about 100,000 because they acted fairly promptly working with the bank. But on the cyber policy, they only recovered 300,000. So now they're, yeah. they're still out about 200 grand, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know enough about that policy. I know we've got a cybercrime policy, but I don't know how that mitigation occurs on, on uh, you know, probably like a title insurance policy, you have to determine who's responsible, where's the risk, et cetera, before they pay, and, and, so, and some of the steps that you must have to go through as well. Yeah, so uh, the, uh, most, most policies, most cyber policies, uh, will get engaged very quickly. They'll bring in us as legal counsel. They'll bring in sometimes a forensic <coughs> vendor. Um, and they don't wait until it's over to start paying. They want to get the professionals the boots on the ground immediately because that mitigates their risk. But the problem we see um, in the real estate industry in particular, where you, you see so much, so, I mean, ransomware is everybody, right? Mm -hmm but what we call business email compromise. This is where someone gets in one of those email accounts, inserts themselves in the middle of a communication, substitutes in their wiring instructions or whatnot, their invoicing, their account information, mm -hmm. and then has it sent to them instead of somewhere else. The minute they get that those funds in their account, they have a system set up to wire them offshore immediately. Mm -hmm. So they're gone in most cases. But that involves things like social engineering. So they're, they're pretending to be someone they're not. It involves a voluntary payment many times of someone in your organization acting on this instruction, wiring that money out. 
and a lot of times it involves contractual obligations, right? You're not, may, maybe, maybe your money that got lost really belongs to someone else, and so you want to refund them their money because it got lost. That's a contractual obligation. A lot of these policies exclude those things. Oh, Social really? engineering, okay. they exclude contractual wow. liability. They exclude um, voluntary payments. So that's why you've got to make sure your broker knows your risk and knows to get a policy that's going to fit what you need. Wow. And when you also say that um, if in most cases the employee, I'll call them, uh, would follow proper protocols, that those, those would mitigate more of those losses? In other words, and don't they know that kind of, they know when to hit into that because now they got the flow in our space, the transactions are flowing, it's toward the end of the month, they're closing 20 that day instead of three they normally do, and now here comes an email and they just made a minor adjustment yeah. on the email address, right? And so what they should have done when they said, oh, by the way, I want you to wire this money into this other account, protocol is to pick up the phone. Pick up the phone and use a second control to make sure that person is who they say they are, okay. right? I just got a call on one of these last week. Um, company wired out $375,000. Uh, they're in another state. They're in the real estate business, and uh, the money's gone. There's no recovering it. Their policy excluded several of the things I just mentioned. But it's wow. important to understand how these happen because people in this industry need to know what the bad guys are doing mm -hmm. to get into those accounts, mm -hmm. right? It's not James Bond type hacking stuff. It's not the hoodie guy with the crazy <laughs> code and all that stuff. It's password management. Oh, what wow. it is is most companies are using Microsoft Office 365 or True. Google or something like that for their email. You can go to any internet browser in the world, type in the username, which is your email address, and your password, and then boom, you've got access to the account. When people are reusing their passwords and not setting up new complex passwords, the bad guys get those passwords through other breaches, like the LinkedIn breach of 2012. Mm -hmm. So if you're still using the same username and password you used on LinkedIn in 2012, <laughs> they've got it, yeah. right? And it they can, just can be go. A matter of time when exactly. Yeah. And so then they get into your account, <clears throat> they set up forwarding rules to forward these emails, so they watch. They just sit there and watch, and they, you never know they're there. And to your point, Mark, they watch the flow of your transactions. Mm -hmm. They know when that magic email with the wiring instructions coming. By that time, they've already got a different domain set up to forward it to, and boom, it's done. And you might not know that the money didn't get wired to the right place for right. days or weeks. Right. Guys, let's stop here for just a second and go backwards for people who aren't real familiar with this. And let's, add, let's answer the question, what is ransomware? Tell okay. us simply, what is that? And how is it hitting real estate? And is it hitting... You know, if I go close my home at his title <coughs> company, is there a chance that it could hit me? Well, there's so let's the, start with what but is But there's ransomware? two. Ransomware, in our space, it's really more the cyber right. side. Ransomware is to the business where, and Sean gave the explanations, but in our space, it's not the ransomware side, it's the cyber crime side. Okay, then it. let's let's look but, at so, but so define them. In your yeah. space, what, what I just described is called typically business email compromise. A BEC attack. So someone breaks into your email, email account, hacks into hacks in. it, 
inserts themselves into the conversation and then executes the fraud Dang, to get you to is... send money where it shouldn't go, right? Wow. Um, the other risk that all companies face, including in real estate, is ransomware. Because what ransomware is, is it's where the hackers get into your environment and they execute a program that encrypts all of your data. So they don't care if your data is valuable or not. You care or you wouldn't have it, right? Like in that North Star example you mentioned. Right. You then can't do business because your whole computer system shut down. You're shut down. And they know you will pay money to get it back, right? So if you haven't prepared for that, they extort you by saying, we will not give you the decryption key mm -hmm. until you pay us the money. Now, the second layer that they're doing now is they're stealing your data, sensitive data, before they execute the, the encryption. And then they hold that hostage and they start publishing it on websites. Mm -hmm. They call them shame sites, right? Now, within the last couple of weeks, couple of months, they've started not only posting that data, but they will call key people whose information they now have and say, did you know we stole your data from this company and they won't pay us to get it back? And so we're going to now start committing wire fraud or whatever else against you. And so that's the ransomware it's extortion. So even if you pay in the ransomware case and they say it's X dollars for you to get your data back, <clears throat> even if you paid it, there's no assurance that they're gone. Right? You got to hope you have an honest criminal. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, by, by the way, business well, is good for me too right? these days, yeah. you know, and, and, but we have, uh, we have processes in place. So we work <clears throat> with companies that do nothing but negotiate and deal with these criminals and they know which groups they're dealing with. And so um, we can make an educated guess. We'll, we'll know what group it is. We'll know what they're charging. We'll know um, how reliable they are on providing the decryptors <coughs> and all of these sorts of things based on intelligence that's gathered about them before we actually wire the money and make okay. the payment. Well, there is so much that <coughs> our hands are in these days, technology-wise. We're in social media. We're on all of Google's <coughs> programs. We've got multiple emails. We're forwarding our emails from our URL to to uh, Gmail, um, and these are individual <coughs> working people, whether they're entrepreneurs or whether they're people that are working at a company, uh, speak to that and how, in general, when you're using all of this technology, how can you be protected? And you already mentioned a little bit about the password, and, and that's kind of been in the news a lot this last couple of years. You know, you should change it frequency, you should use hard passwords, et cetera. Um, how does social come into this? So social is a way that they're gathering intelligence about people. So they, they monitor your social accounts many times if you're in business and, you know, you'll get these LinkedIn profiles all the time that'll disappear a day later. Usually that's somebody with the malicious intent that's been found out, that's been, been blocked. But um, they definitely monitor your social media. They learn about you, right? because a lot of the password attacks, um, most of them are passwords that are being reused that have already been compromised, right? Because they've already got those. Mm -hmm. And they have programs that run them almost instantaneously against the accounts. But the other, a lot of it's password guessing. 
Um, when you hear about these uh, movie stars that had their Apple iCloud hacked, mm -hmm. they didn't have anything hacked. You're not hacking Apple's iCloud in most of these cases, mm -hmm. right? What it is is someone guessed their password because they use all this information about them. They know their birthday. They know where they went to yeah, school. They yeah. know their first love. They know their pet's name. They know where they like to vacation. They know all this stuff about them through social, through Wikipedia, through their websites, whatever else. And then you go look at the security questions. Mm -hmm. What's your mother's maiden name? Well, who doesn't know that about a movie star, mm -hmm. you know, or can't find it out? Can't find it. And then they use that to reset or to right. guess their passwords. And, and so password management is so important. Sounds Most huge. cyber attacks still come in, in a couple of ways. Phishing emails. That's the ones we get where people click on links that, you know, it's too good to be true. You know, give me $1,000 today. I guarantee you 250000 by the end of the week. Mm -hmm. That's a phishing email. Don't click. Don't respond. Through poor password management or through using um, remote desktop into your environment without properly protecting it. So there are ways to protect against those things, but you've got to be vigilant. Right. Uh, what can realtors do? And Mark, you can speak to this as well. It, it, title uh, people, your officers who are actually closing the right. deals, what can they do? What can a realtor do to protect the client so from cybercrime? The first thing is what any and everybody should do. Have multi-factor authentication on all of your accounts. That's the two-step login. That's where you type in your username and password, mm -hmm. and then you either have to use a token or a, uh, a you know, app, or you get an alert on your phone that says, is this really you? Text verification. That's that second layer of verification. Okay. That virtually eliminates the password. It's a pain in password the butt. Phone. It is, but, <laughs> but it's important. Yeah. I know, I mean, I'm keeps, seeing that all the time right. when I'm logging right. in and I don't well, want to do it. It's the new yeah. world. It is the new world. Right. It is. Um, you need <clears throat> to have backups of all your important data. Anything that's important, you need to have backups that are disconnected from your computer. Right, right. So on a hard drive, stored in a safe somewhere. And on that document that I have on theinsiderspodcast.com, Sean goes through these things. I actually read that last night about what you just said. So make sure that you go to that site, to our site, download that document. It's got these things that we're talking about. Yeah, and to Mark's point earlier, pick up the phone and call. Mm -hmm. Don't trust emails. If you get an email that says our account has a changed mm -hmm. or instead of using this bank, wire it to this bank, absolutely not. Right. That should send off red flags. You pick up the mm -hmm. phone and call and you also then need to know someone's in one of your email accounts. Mm -hmm. Don't trust your email accounts anymore, you know, and, and get a professional security provider in to check that and, and, and go through your settings and, and reset your passwords, all of those types of things. I would assume most companies of size out there have like a chief information officer in today's environment, don't they? Yeah. That are just, that's their focus is all mm -hmm. on the security environment. Yeah, and, and you know, Sandy, to your point about all the rules and the steps, this is, security's hard. Yeah. This is a war now. And so you've got to understand as an employee, as, as someone that's working with a company, they put all of these rules in place 
because they're there to protect you. They're there to protect your right. clients. Right. And so don't circumvent them. Don't go and use your personal Dropbox when, <laughs> when the company right. requires you to use two-step right. on the companies, right? What about forwarding to Gmail? I've had a lot of clients who have their, their uh, company's URL, but they forward it to Gmail. Is there a risk in doing that? Absolutely. Um, Gmail is subject to the same to the same business email compromise concerns, the password <laughs> concerns of uh, Microsoft Office 365. Wow! Because anybody anywhere in the world, if they know your username, your email address, and your password, they can log in. And so, if it's personal Gmail, you still need that two-factor authentication okay. setup. That's a lifesaver. Okay. It is an absolute lifesaver. And doc retention policies, right? So mm -hmm. think about if there's ever a problem with the transaction, there's litigation down the road, you've got to gather all this information and, and produce it. Well, now your personal email is being used for that, that reason and, and it's subject to that as well. It's kind of overwhelming. It is. Yeah, on the title side, I think the misunderstanding from the real estate community is that they assume all title companies are the same. And there's yeah. many there's many various forms of great companies, but you've got well capitalized companies, then you've got franchises, and then you've got very small companies and small marketplaces that may be uh, private, you know, um, a family owned type business, and they probably don't have cybercrime insurance. Uh, they maybe you're thinking their E and O policy might cover it. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I can assure you that's not covered <laughs> is insured closing letter from the title insurance underwriter because that's on fraud to the agents, fraud, not anything to do with cybercrime. So uh, our industry's not asking any questions when a realtor wants to use this particular title company and they succumb to it and the escrow goes in, but they're not, they're not communicating and asking any questions about, do you have a cybercrime policy? Do you have E&O? Who are your underwriters? Those type Absolutely. of things that are, I think are credit critical. It, to understanding. So the, the theme we saw develop in 2020 and now carry over to 21 is called third party risk or supply chain risk management. Mm -hmm. It's where you may not be the one that got hit, but the vendors or the business partners you work with did. And that's what then stopped your business. That's the, the exact point that you're making there, Mark, is you look at that North Star situation. That vendor got hit. And now everybody else was impacted. Mm -hmm. And these days, I would not do business with, with a company that doesn't have cyber risk insurance okay. because they're going to mandate a certain minimum level of security as well. And so that's some reassurance that they're getting it better than otherwise. And then you want them to have the resources to bring in those professionals when something happens because you keep a big problem mm -hmm. or a small problem from becoming a really big problem many times. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to you got to use reputable companies. Good point. And then educate. Um, every time we onboard a new employee, they have to go through six videos and literally take a tutorial and take a test and it's everything is on cyber yeah. Good. side of it. And that's for also for the rating of our holding company with lenders for the SOC uh, requirement to that side and then ongoing annually you have to test for it as well so mm -hmm. just reminders but I mean I get people that send me emails that they've gotten an email and they've not opened it but they're saying is this spam 
And I'm yeah. thinking, you know, that's spam, all right. And that's good, and yeah. you want that. And yeah. that's the important point, Mark, is your, your culture of security starts at the top. Yes. Yeah. You set the tone, it's and good. it goes from there. You want your employees being vigilant and asking those questions. Right. And security awareness training is one of the best ways out there I agree. of managing this risk. Because, look, these criminals, they're good. And they'll call and they'll butter people up and they'll ask questions and they'll find out what server, you know, all of these types of things. So you've got to have Are you available to come in and train and teach companies? I do. They bring I, you in? I do um, a, a certain level of training and then I bring in, when you get beyond that, okay. um, you know, people that specialize in that, companies that specialize in those. But, outline like a hit occurs, how, how are you engaged so that people so understand? Most times it's through their cyber insurance. Okay. And so, um, but but a lot of cases we just get hired directly. Okay. And we serve as what's called a breach coach or a breach quarterback in that we lead the whole process, much like the conductor of a symphony. Yeah. We're not, you know, punching in right. the codes and securing, but Plus we're bringing in the partners. Yeah. Right. How often do you find yourself in an engagement with the FBI or the or the regulatory side and trying to and dealing with the data or anything else of that nature? So those are two very different things. Okay. Um, one, the FBI is our friends, and I'm a firm believer in reporting to the FBI. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times with larger companies, when we do tabletop exercises, we'll bring in the FBI to come with us to to get to know them. Right. Good. Because if you have that business email compromise, if you can get the FBI within a matter of hours, they can stop that a lot of times yep. or the Secret Service, um, the regulatory agencies that your your attorney generals, your FTC, your your SEC, you know, um, all, all of those agencies. Those are the ones that we have to report to and notify when there's been a breach. OK. And so. Uh, those are the ones that are going to come back later with enforcement, maybe, or things of that Got nature. It. The FBI, Secret Service, they do not do that. They're right. there to They're help. They're there to help see yeah. if they can mitigate right. my, what might be the loss. And, and, yeah. and I think probably you would concur that the, it's a matter of, of minutes, if not hours, for reaction side. And I think the challenge becomes if the employee uh, in their mind says, oh, my gosh, I think I just did something wrong. Not intentionally, but now let me see if I can fix it versus immediately notification. Right. right. Notica notify the bank, notify management, get into action immediately, and you might have a chance mm. versus yeah. end of day, I got to tell you what happened, it's over with. And the, the, the one of the hallmark situations where we were able to get in and stop, it was over half a million dollars of purchasing cars, uh, uh, restored uh you know, antique automobiles. Um, we were able to get in and notify the Secret Service within an appropriate time, and they were able to trap the funds. But you know why? It happened on the 4th of July holiday. And because of that, it, it gave of an extended period of the banks being closed that pulled it over into the weekend so the money didn't get wired out. If it wouldn't have been for that holiday, um, the money would have been gone before we could get them in. So. It is a matter of hours. Um, if it goes past, you know, 48 hours, it's really getting along. 72 hours, that, that money's gone. way gone. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you need to have law enforcement and the banks engaged okay. really within an hour, couple hours to give you your best chance. Yep, agreed. 
Well, guys, we've run out of time. Okay. This is such an interesting Seems like we just Thank got you. here. I know. I know. <laughs> we didn't even cover so our points. Fast. I know. So, but, but see, you have one more chance. Yeah, you do. I want you this to give me your, your three takeaways. What are your three takeaways that you want people to remember from today? The most important things are one, security's hard. We're at war. Okay. And so it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of commitment to get better at this. Two, um, the, the best thing you can do now are, are implement some good basic cyber hygiene. It's not always about the most sophisticated, complicated type mm -hmm. things. It's, um, it, it, it's, it's security basics that lead to most of the losses we're seeing, not all but most. And then three, understand this can and will happen to anyone. The bad guys don't care if you're a mom and pop, they don't care if you're a solo, they don't care if you're a Fortune 500 company. Anybody is at risk of this. And so you've gotta recognize it, understand your risks and start planning and preparing now because that's your best shot at, at minimizing it when it happens. Agreed. Mark? Uh, well, as you know, I preach this, keep asking questions. If you're a realtor and you bring an escrow uh, or a contract and you, and, you, and you send your earnest money, your option fee in, then you need to be asking questions once they receive the order in and you need to know who you're doing business with and what are their protection sources they have, E&O, cybercrime, what underwriters do they represent. So that's mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, flag, nothing should change once you close that transaction and you sign your disbursement agreement. You should not be getting any other kind of correspondence that says, by the way, I've changed my mind or anything of that nature. That should be a phone, that'll be a phone call mm -hmm. of any sort to that side. Okay. So verification, if you will. Uh, the last thing I'd say is close with who you know, uh, because Absolutely. if you're doing business with on an ongoing basis, be demanding of that because those people probably have the best protection uh, against getting hit. Doesn't mean they won't, right, right. but maybe they've got the better opportunity to be uh, mitigate against mm -hmm. those losses. So this is not a time to be to be yielding to uh, recommendations of companies that you don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would be my thoughts. Okay. In the world of marketing, uh, I think all of you know that my marketing madness is all about relationship. So my, my first takeaway would be uh, build relationships through your marketing so that you're in a position to guide, suggest, refer the correct people where you know your clients will be safe. So build those relationships so that you have that access. Um, Cybercrime is another marketing opportunity. So you can use this platform to share best practices, write blogs <coughs> about best practices, write blogs about experiences that you've had and things that you've done. Use the resources of uh, our friend like Sean to learn from him, share the information that he has shared out to your clients, to your prospects, and use cybersecurity as one of your platforms. Um, Last thing, refer security title of Texas. I mean, we, we all know um, realtors get their favorite title guy in their back pocket. But we also know that the law says that people like me are the ones that get to choose who their title company is. Mm -hmm. So sometimes there can be a lot of confusion there. Um, so like Mark said, close with who you know, but Give security title a shot. These guys uh, are uh, ready. They have the resources. They have the attorney. They have 
the knowledge and the vendors to help in a situation like this. And if there's not a bad situation, you're going to make friends and have a wonderful closing experience. So those are my three takeaways. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you for joining us. I hope that you will join us next month. Um, go to theinsiderspodcast.com to download Sean's article and to see this video again and all the others we have. Get educated. Until then, yeah. take care. Ciao. Sean. Thanks, Sean. Thank Ciao. You. Ciao.